0: Hello and welcome to another episode on the Fantasy Basketball International podcast feed and YouTube channel. I am your host for today's show, Michael Fiddle. I am filling in for the great Adam King as he is out of town and traveling. Some of you guys may already recognize my voice or me if you're watching on the YouTube channel. I host The Advantage, which runs on the feed every Wednesday discussing various NBA gambling topics. I'm also Adam's guest every weekend on this very show which looks and forecasts the next week's schedule and talks about certain teams and players to target for streaming purposes in fantasy. That is the exact topic that we are going to cover today. I am going to do my best Adam King impression for you guys in about 30 seconds. But before we get to that, let me remind everyone to follow me on Twitter at Fiddle's Picks to rate, review, and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you are listening to this to, to check out the Fantasy Basketball International Discord. That is a great community and a great place to discuss pretty much any basketball topic. And of course, if you need any fantasy servers, check out Tracks for all of your fantasy needs. Are you guys ready for my best Adam King impersonation? I hope he eventually listens and uh, enjoys this as well. This is the week eleven streamers report. This is Balls Deep. All right, everyone. Welcome in. Reminder, this is the show where we are going to talk about next week, week 11's schedule. The dates are from Monday, December 11th until Sunday, December 17th. We're going to break down the NBA schedule, talk about certain days, which are high volume versus low volume, talk about certain teams and situations that play on those dates, and then go through some of those rosters and discuss some players. I'm going to try and get us in and out of here pretty quick. If we want to talk about some gambling stuff, and you know, maybe I'll do that at the end, just for just for fun. But the main thing to know for next week's schedule is that high volume days definitely start beginning of the week on Monday and Saturday. We have thirteen games, twenty six teams playing on Monday, so pretty much everyone's going to have a full lineup. Saturday has ten games and twenty teams. The short slates kind of border those. It's Tuesday, Sunday and Friday. And here's the best part about next week's schedule. There's a back-to-back situation on any two days. There's someone who plays Monday, Tuesday. There's someone who plays Wednesday, Thursday. There's someone who plays Friday, Saturday. And then there's a bunch of ways to target Sunday. So however you pretty much split your streams, whether your league has three transactions, four transactions, maybe even five transactions, if you have extra IL plus spots, which makes you more flexible in your lineup, this is a week where you're going to want to try and target back-to-backs. Of course, you never know if the player that you pick up is definitely going to play in the back-to-back. This is an Al Horford comment. Um, He doesn't play in back-to-backs. But uh, yeah, we're going to go through some of those options. Hopefully, we'll pick out ones that will be more likely to play in some of these back-to-backs. We'll target some injuries and some replacements. Of course, we're getting near that December 15th window this week where players who signed contracts this summer are going to be reopened for trade eligibility. (coughs) Bulls. I'm talking about the Bulls. Um, And yeah, let's have some fun today. Again, high volume day Monday. Pretty much no one's going to need a pickup on that day. But if you are looking for maybe, maybe you're really banged up, maybe you want to grab someone early in the week and pair them with the light slate Tuesday, we have a bunch of teams like the Chicago Bulls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, the LA Clippers, these teams and the Sacramento Kings, these teams all play Monday, Tuesday. The Phoenix Suns play Tuesday, Wednesday. The Lakers play Tuesday, Wednesday. For me, I'd rather just jump right in and target a Tuesday, Wednesday situation Because with 26 games being played on Monday, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to have a full lineup. I would even go one step further. Pre-plan your pickup and get ahead of it now. You're probably going to have a full lineup of your main guys going Monday. And that streamer spot that you normally have, even if said player's playing, say you picked up Ben Matherin for last week because he was on the Pacers. Say you picked up Neesmith. And yeah, the Pacers are playing Detroit in this game and then they have nothing on Tuesday you probably want to drop someone like Neesmith right now and target someone on the Lakers. You're going to have a full lineup on Monday. So take your pick and grab the guy you want a day early before anyone else tries to rush to the transactions, right? Be the first one to the punch because you listen to these types of podcasts, you understand the schedule breakdown, and you're like, let me go grab a Phoenix Sun. Let me go grab a Los Angeles Laker. Let me grab Rui. Let me grab Jared Vanderbilt right now, because I know they're going to play back-to-back. Did you guys see how good Jared Vanderbilt looked in that Pacers game? I mean, the guy is back to being a defensive monster. The Lakers, whoo, they're dangerous. I did want to quickly talk about the Bulls, because they do have a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back, and they really fit the profile of a team that might be selling pieces, dealing with injuries, some locker room uncertainty, so... This is actually a really good situation to target. If Patrick Williams has not been picked up in your league in the last week or two because of his hot streak, go get him now. Is this finally the time that we are seeing Patrick Williams turn the corner in his career? Is this finally the moment where either DeRozan or Levine is shipped out of town? Is this finally the moment where the Chicago Bulls go full silly season starting in early January and this guy's just playing 38 minutes a night and doing all that he can handle? As long as the shooting is better, like he fits the the old Dylan Brooks model of shoot less or make more. Just choose one, buddy. Uh, He can do defensive stuff with stocks. He could get rebounds. He can make threes. He's not really high turnover. This might be the breaking point for Patrick Williams to finally be the mini Kawhi that everyone thought that he might be. The claw versus the paw. I think his middle initials A, right? Because that's Patrick Williams. Uh, anyways, I like that idea. Alex Caruso seems like he's dinged up and on the wrong side of questionable for tomorrow's game. I'm reading his his note right now. Ankle injury. Left the game. Uh, did not practice. It's saying it's an ankle sprain. Did not practice Sunday. Left the game on Saturday. Or left, or left the game on Friday. Saturday was just the, the Lakers-Pacers uh, situation. And uh, his coach, Billy Donovan, said, They're hoping to get him back on the floor at some point this week. So that's not really what you mean by Monday in the very first game of the week. So if Caruso's out, first off, make sure no one's dropping him because he should be absolutely owned, whether he stays with the Bulls and they keep talking about him being a cultural and foundational piece and someone that they want to mentor and develop. So they're not looking to trade him. That's all BS. They want two first round picks Um, and they want someone to think that they need to pony that up for him. It's a lot like the boy on Bogdanovich situation last year. Anyways, if Caruso is available, you want him. I assume Kobe White's going to be owned everywhere. I assume Patrick Williams probably been scooped up everywhere. I assume Caruso's probably owned everywhere. I'd go I owe the no. He's probably your next guy who's going to fill in and get a lot of minutes. That dude's really good not getting enough playing time just because of the cluster that is the Chicago Bulls at that position. But again, if this is the moment where they have a nice schedule spot for you early in the week, maybe Caruso keeps not playing and he fills in large minutes and can last for you the whole week. Maybe we get to the start of next week or some situation later in the week where we're hearing Levine's going to stop playing for a little while because we're going to trade him in the next month. Or DeRozan, we're going to let him rest for the next week or two because we plan on trading him and we already spoke to him and he's definitely going to be traded before January 15th. One of these things is going to happen. This Chicago Bulls roster, as it looks now, is not going to last. So my choice for all probable available players is someone like Io if you need someone for a Monday, Tuesday situation. Now, I don't think that's going to be mainly what we're running into. I think it's going to be let's jump right to Tuesday, Wednesday and talk about the Lakers. The Lakers only have three games next week, but it's. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like, no, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Friday is a light eight game slate as well. So that's a really advantageous schedule to play into at the beginning of the week. They're also coming off the in-season tournament win. We've also heard all beginning of the season that they want to somewhat try and manage LeBron and AD's minutes, start to expect that to happen after some really high competitive games, where they just signed themselves up to play an 83rd regular season game, right? None of us expected LeBron or AD to be going all out in a situation that's going to create an 83rd game. Uh, So expect them to take a step back this week. They just proved very well that they can be playoff contenders and that they can compete with the best of them. Expect LeBron to go into his little ramp down and then ramp back up kind of February, March, late season to get really the juice going. So this is the time where I think he's going to take a step back. I think we could bet. I think from a betting angle, we could take some LeBron points unders when he plays in kind of a, uh, more energy conservation LeBron. We actually see his rebounding numbers go up. So, The way that I would play LeBron, if we're getting into a betting perspective, is take his points prop under. If it's anything like 27 and a half, play the under. Uh, And then in terms of streamers, I mean, Rui's got to be a great option. Uh, Let's try and buy low on Austin Reeves right now. Looked absolutely fantastic in the game that didn't count at all. Was getting to the line at will pretty much all throughout that tournament. Seems to have turned the corner. And if I'm expecting LeBron to start trending a little bit less usage, it's going to be Reeves that needs to step up. So from a streaming perspective, I go right to the Rui versus Vanderbilt. Do you need points and threes? Do you need stocks? Like, check your matchup. Ask yourself that question. Or go for a son. We talked about Grayson Allen. We talked about Eric Gordon. Uh, who are they playing right now? Keita Bates, Diop, Uda Check their recent box scores and look for the best Phoenix Suns that can be had right now. Uh, I know Grayson Allen is free on free in my league, but he just missed the last game and he missed practice on Sunday. So that's going to make that a little bit. So maybe you get Nasir Little stepping up. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go open this last box score for... The Phoenix Suns and see who handle a lot of these bulk minutes because I think even Kevin Durant has been sitting and he's probably coming back, but we're not we're not for sure. Kade Bates, Diop, seventeen minutes as a starter. Josh Okogie, twenty nine minutes as a starter. you Wananabi, want if you need some threes. Shooter Yuta on the wrist. Chemezi Metu, well, I really liked him in Sacramento. I would hope that they could do something. Uh, Jordan Goodwin's getting twenty minutes. Eubanks always reliable. Nasir Little only played four minutes, so that's not the direction I would go. I would look back to the, if Grayson Allen's going to play, he's going to be my first choice. If Eric Gordon, he's probably not available in any leagues right now that are competitive in which you're listening to a streamer's podcast. But I do think Akogi, Kiata Bates-Dia, Wananabe, Metsu, in these quick back-to-back, know what you're streaming for, and maybe that could be a good option for you. Let me check to see if anyone has that Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. I think it is just the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. Plenty of teams do the Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. Utah Jazz being one of them. Miami Heat being another one of them. Brooklyn Nets being the third. So let's go through those uh, few teams. For the Utah Jazz, we know Markkinen and a bunch of injuries. Kessler's been out. Jordan Clarkson's been out. So that's going to open up a lot of just minutes that might be on your waiver wire, Utah Jazz game log. Um for streaming purposes, I I would assume it's going to be hard to find some of the nets like is Dorian Finney-Smith out there? Probably not. Did someone drop Spencer Dinwiddie cuz they're just pissed off about the efficiency? Probably not. Uh the stats have been too good. So, it's probably more of a what did I say? It's Brooklyn It's Miami. Is it that guy? uh, Who's the guy that's been filling Orlando Robinson? Been filling in at center for BAM and BAM's been doing well. We know BAM's already ruled out for uh, tomorrow's game against Charlotte. He's probably not back. He hasn't even practiced. He's probably not back by the Wednesday, Thursday. So if Orlando Robinson, he's rostered in 17% of leagues. I mean, the man's getting 20 to 30 minutes every night. He's already got a 15 and 12. He's making threes. He has a block the last two games. He has three steals over the last two games. He's low turnover. He's actually four for four from the free-throw line and hasn't missed a free-throw his last three games either. So Orlando Robinson would be the guy that I would target from the Miami Heat. I would look towards, uh, check if there's any Brooklyn Nets available. I mean, maybe it's Dennis Smith Jr. Hit or miss 20 minutes. Maybe it's Kelly Olynyk from the Jazz. Been a hit or miss 20 minutes that I've probably been too high on. So some of those names are the, the ones that stick out the most to me. Is it Dayron Sharp? I mean, 20 minutes, 7 for 13, 15 and 11 last game. It's so random with his stats. Is he going to give you a, a, a 2 and 5 or a 4 and 4 or a 15 and 11? He's actually been trending a lot better. So if you need rebounds, if you need some uh, field goal efficiency, look for that boost right there. Let's go over to, what do we do? We just did Wednesday, Thursday. Let's talk about some teams that might be playing Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday. So we have Celtics playing on the Thursday, Friday. Uh, Is that the only one? Celtics Thursday, Friday? Celtics would be the only team playing Thursday, Friday. When is Porzingis going to come back? is Luke Cornett, who's been playing fantastic basketball. I always say Luke Cornett walked so Wembenyama could run because the real truth is that no one closes out those three-pointers like Luke Cornett does. And he jumps from, like, 10 feet away and just throws his hands up and makes this like, face. And it honestly throws the shot, the shooter off, because they need to shoot a little bit higher or whatever. And that's exactly what we see Wemby on contested threes and and a very low efficiency of people trying to shoot over Victor Wembanyama. Luke Cornett walked, so Victor Wembanyama, good could run. Couldn't believe I would ever say that. Uh, Boston Celtics do have that one Thursday, Friday back to back. Let's let's pull up their roster really quick. Delano Banton's been randomly getting a bunch more minutes. Sam Hauser, if you need threes later in the week, bang bang. Al Horford is going to sit one of those games. So that makes uh, someone like a Cornette that much more attractive because Porzingis may or may not be back. Even if Porzingis is back, maybe he's also sitting one of these back-to-backs. That's I'm really talking myself into a Sam Hauser or uh, Luke Cornette type of situation. We're seeing Peyton Pritchard's minutes start to go up a little bit. He's playing in a lot of these games since they've been thinner. I've seen O'Shea Brissett out there recently. I've seen Svi Mikhailuk out there. I've seen a little bit of Lamar Stevens. To me, I've seen way too much. It's only been a little, but I've seen way too much Lamar Stevens. So uh, Cornette is a guy that I really like out of those teams. And Boston might be a team that I would target. Even Al Horford's available in my league, you could kind of go island stream with Horford depending on what you need. If you need someone versatile who can hit a few threes, assists, and stocks, like you might get a vintage Horford game at any one of these points, and it'd be amazing. So even if he does, probably does, not play the back-to-back, I don't think he's played back-to-backs this season, we might get a situation where he does, if they're down Porzingis and need the depth, maybe he steps up and does it one time, maybe just plays limited minutes in both, but you could accumulate those stats in a short window. Let's talk about who gets paired together Friday, Saturday. And then we will quickly look for any Saturday, Sundays on Friday, Saturday on the back to back. There is the Atlanta Hawks, the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons, the Indiana Pacers, a bunch of Fridays, the New York Knicks, the Philadelphia 76ers, ton of teams doing the back to back Friday, Saturday, both pretty high volume slates, eight games, 10 games. We know Saturday is one of our high volumes of the week. So you're probably naturally already going to have a full lineup. Check ahead. Check ahead to Saturday. Go look right now. Who are you going to have on Saturday? Who are you going to have on Monday? That's probably going to set you up to understand. I have full rosters on both of these days and don't need to stream. So let me stream a little Tuesday, Wednesday back to back, or a Wednesday, Thursday back to back, and then let me stream or or Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, and then just a Sunday spot. Or maybe you need to fill in. Because one of your guys is out on Saturday, so you need to go with a Saturday-Sunday. In that case, if you're going towards Saturday-Sunday, you're looking at the Golden State Warriors. You're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks, right? You're going for assists on a Saturday-Sunday weekend stretch. Hello, campaign. Sign me up. Kiss some babies on this campaign for me. Uh, you're looking for who could be a little warrior streamer. Is it is it P- Podzemski's? Is it Kaminga? If you need stocks, so is it? Oh, is it Cam Reddish earlier in the week for the Lakers? He's actually been really good. So, a lot of these names are are very interesting because we have a lot of great schedule spots to target. This is not a week to island stream. That's something that me and Adam has talked about a few weeks in a row. Where the last few weeks that we've done this podcast, we've talked about having at least a, a night off. From the NBA, we didn't have any games on Sunday. We even had one game on Saturday that didn't count for fantasy purposes. So we just had came off a five day fantasy week and now we're going right back to, to a seven day. We had a random election day. We had a of uh, I forget what else there was. There was, there was another random day off. I forget the reason, but pretty much for the last three or f- three or th- well, the last three out of the four weeks, we haven't gotten a seven day, seven game slate we've been getting 7 day weeks with 5 game slates. Right? We're back to 7 and 7. So, we're less island streaming. And by island stream, I mean you're only getting one game out of that player. They don't have another game on either end. So, to stream into this for one window is to stream for that for that one game and assume that stream gets flipped over into the next spot. It is crucial if you're playing in a non-games cap scenario and you want to maximize games played which most common leagues are some more competitive leagues are games capped or roto games capped or something like that or set your lineup for the week and make no changes those formats are going to differ a little bit but for the main thing this week try and boost up your games because you can get boom 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 streams where it's back to back back to back back to back So a bunch of guys that I really like. Of course, within all of that, I'm going to quickly go through who's on my players list right now. Through all of that, if you see a name that you think has season long value and is on the waiver wire, you forego everything else. To acquire someone that you think can be on your team for the rest of the season. Right. Like if you are a big Malik Beasley fan right now with what he's doing, he's ranked 62 in the league and he's on my waiver wire. Like, I don't know why that is. That makes me really interested in a Malik Beasley situation. Like, why aren't I picking up Malik right now? I'm probably going to do it. I don't really need the roster spot for Monday. So I'm going to have to look at his schedule for the Tuesday, Wednesday and the rest of the week. Personally, I got a million injuries right now on my team. I got I got what's coming to me is the truth. I uh I'm in first place in my fantasy league. Knock on wood, tap me on the back, whatever you want to say. I'm good at this. And then last week I slid into first place. I hadn't lost, but I'm a I'm a five, four, six, three winner. I'd like to play for five fours and six threes personally because I want to win the playoffs. I want to be freaking dominant across five categories. And occasionally pick up a sixth or a seventh. I'm not going spread out and trying to win eight-one because you'll get caught that way in the playoffs. I've, I've been I've been doing this long enough. Uh my team right now, Jalen Suggs injured, Alex Caruso injured, Kevin Durant, in game time decision, Kyrie Irving injured, Jalen Durant injured, DeAndre Johnson hasn't DeAndre Ayton hasn't been playing. Jalen Johnson injured. Patrick Williams questionable. Like my team is in the infirmary. So I got what's coming to me because as soon as I got into first place in my league, I immediately sent the league an email saying, there's a new sheriff in town, boys. They don't call me the fiddler on the roof for nothing. Yeah, I was, I was talking some shit. So I got what's coming to me with my whole team getting injured. Uh, Jinx on myself? Am I still glad I did it? Absolutely. Should we talk a quick gambling stuff because we're here, we're having fun, and bring up these odds for the, for tomorrow and quickly go through it? I'm going to quickly review my best bets and a little bit of a slate breakdown. Let me pull up. Let me share my screen right now. Present. Share screen. It'd be betting odds. Okay, I just shared on the YouTube channel the FanDuel Live Odds right now, and I'll go through some of my best bet positions and why I am on them. Let's talk about it. First off, I'm on the Pacers. I mean, I'm on the Pistons plus seven. For the same reason that I talked about this being a potential letdown spot and come down spot for LeBron, expect the same thing from the Pacers. Uh they're a young team who seems really hungry and who plays with just such a pace and a tempo that might be hard to keep up with. And the Pistons suck. But here we have a situation where the Pistons are rested at home, not wanting to lose and coming into this game plus seven, which is a super key number in the NBA because seven is the most common outcome in NBA games. Five is the second most common outcome. And six is the third most common outcome. So if you have 7, 5, and 6 all on your side of the plus 7, then you're acquiring some really good numbers with that plus 5. Let's also look. We have 84% of the bets on the Pacers. We have 83% of the money on the Pacers. You see the stats that I just pulled up? So 84% of the bets and 83% of the money. There's a few things going on here that we need to highlight. First off, this is some clear public money, right? It is clearly a public side when 84 and 83 are the splits. Not only is that way too much bets to be on one side, we're also seeing since it's less money in the percentage than the bet volume, that means the average size wager that's on the piston side, like myself, is a bigger bet. So you want to follow the people. Not the 100 people betting 10 bucks. You want to follow the one person betting 10000 So in this instance, and it's not going to be that drastic of a difference based on these splits, I promise you there's a little bit of bigger bets on the Piston side. The, the math is very clear on that. We also have this thing called reverse line movement. This is my favorite indicator to play into for gambling purposes. This line opened... At this Pistons plus seven, and despite getting 84% of the bets and 83% of the money, you now have to pay more for that Pistons plus seven. It went from plus, it went from minus 110, so bet 110 to win 100, to bet 112 to win 100. And on the pacer side, for the same number, it got cheaper. So the sportsbook is literally in, inviting you to bet on the Indiana Pacers. They're saying, oh, you guys already like this number? We'll give it to you even cheaper. We'll put it on sale. And for me, that's like a red flag and a question mark. Wait, why are they doing that? Why wouldn't they want to go the other way and try and entice more people to bet on the Pistons to try and even out the handle so that the sportsbook as a business has less liability on one side of the line? The reason for it and the reason what we call reverse line movement, right, the lines moving in reverse of the way that the money and the bets are coming in. So this becomes a classic spot where the house, the casino, the sports book is actually taking a position in the market and saying, you know what, on this one, we will gamble against you. We will take the side. We don't want to just be middlemen between winners and losers on both sides and taking the tax fee you bet 110 to win 100 so the guy who bets 110 will get his 100 and the people who bet 110 are just going to lose the whole thing so that there's a little $10 vig that's missing from one side of the transaction that's the winning tax so instead of just being the middleman on this winning tax in the sports book and taking a 5% cut because if they're making $10 across two bets for $100 they're taking 5 bucks from each right So it's on a straight bet. The book takes about a 5% house cut. 10% whether you win, 0% whether you lose. But when you place the bet, you can be expected to have a 5% tax. They're telling you, give us your Pacers. We'll take the money. We're going to ride with the Pistons. And then you go look at these casinos with their water fountains, with their fancy hotels, with their entertainment acts with their uh whatever you want fancy steakhouse restaurants inside them and you think how do they pay for all this well it happens because they often win and the public side often loses so when you see this spot shaping up in the market a classic reverse line movement you play into it and you take the detroit pistons plus seven you are getting a good number You are getting really solid indicators. You are getting a matchup situation where one team is home, rested, and coming off a huge losing streak where they're going to be out for blood. Versus another team that just spent a few nights in Vegas, has played an extra 83rd game, and is now traveling to the Motor City of Detroit to take on Monty Williams and the Scrubaroos. Give me the Scrubaroos. Give me the Pistons in this game. I'll be on them plus seven. For that, it's only going to be half a unit. Because as much as I said I just love that, I'm aware I'm betting on the scrubaroos. So it's only going to be half a unit. I'm also on the Miami Heat. I actually got this line at minus 3.5. I posted it in the Fantasy Basketball International Discord. There's a little tab there that says DFS and wagering. You can find me and pretty much all my picks and information right in there. So go check that out. And you would have been known that we were on Miami Heat minus 3.5. That line's out to minus 4 right now. We know Bam is out of this game. We know Tyler Hero is out of this game. We know LaMelo Ball is out of this game. We also know that Jimmy Butler paired with the random people that the Miami Heat surround him with, whether that's the new Triple J, Jaime Haquez Jr., whether that's Orlando Robinson, our guy that we talked about earlier, whether that's Duncan Robinson this year, not only banging threes, but putting the ball on the ground. Good for you, Michigan man. Uh, the Miami Heat come to play. This is actually an in-division game. And I know typically divisions don't matter that much in the NBA. If there's one team that takes their division seriously, it's the Miami Heat. Promise you that. So I'm on the Miami minus three and a half. Uh, Let me quickly check if that's available anywhere. You could also see on the stats right here, right? 73% of the bets, 81% of the money. So now we have a situation where the line is moving from three and a half to four. The bigger bets are coming in on the Miami Heat. You know the line is moving in correspondence with the money that's coming in. So this line is likely going to keep moving so that eventually some Hornets money comes back in. And if you can obtain a minus three and a half or a minus four before it goes out further, then you're setting yourself up for a good spot where you have closing line value CLV which creates a plus EV, positive expected value bet ticket, where if the closing lines ends up being five and a half or six, then that closing line has roughly a 50-50 chance of hitting. And you've acquired a winning number on the five. You've acquired a winning number on the four if you have a three and a half. You've acquired a push number on the four if you take the minus four. And those adding in those winning numbers onto what the live line is, because you've obtained CLV and you have a better ticket than the market's currently offering, that's going to take your winning percentage from 50-50 on the live line to 50% plus the chance that this game lands on five. 50% chance plus the chance that this game lands on four. And if you add those percentages in, which probably roughly 4% each, maybe 5%, then You're going to get, what, a 58% chance of winning this bet. And if you're paying minus 110 odds, the implied probability of those odds that you're paying for, implied probability, meaning the hit rate needed to break even, if that's the bet you're placing each time, not your expected win rate, your implied probability, I'll say that one more time, implied probability is based on the odds that you pay. And for a minus 110 bet, if all of your bets are minus 110, then you need to hit your bets at a 52.38% chance to win. However, if you've played the live line and have a 50-50, but played it early and have obtained some CLV and have some extra winning numbers on your side, you might actually have a 58% chance to win that bet because of the numbers you've obtained you're paying 52.38 for it take the difference of those and you have a plus 5.5% positive expected value you do that time and time again you will make money as a sports gambler trust me that's what gets me that's what gets me through um all right the last one that i'm on is the denver nuggets minus 2.5 A little bit of bouncing market going on here. Uh, This line opened at 2.5, flashed to threes, back to 2.5, but it's a little bit more expensive. Clear money on the Denver side. We have Jamal Murray listed as probable. We have no other of the main Denver guys on the injury report, so I think they're going to play. We also know that they're coming off a few days rest. On the Atlanta side, we did just have Trey Young out last game for an illness. He is still questionable on the injury report. I do think Trey Young is probably going trending towards playing. I think that the line movement that we have come back the other way is Trey going from out to questionable because he's probably going to play. However, there's going to be more money and some more movement that comes into the market tomorrow. I'm pretty damn near sure. And even if Trey Young is declared active, I don't think this line is moving much of anywhere. Maybe Denver Nuggets goes down to minus two. Like, the, in the worst cases of scenarios, you're losing half a point of CLV. In the best cases of scenarios, sorry, Trey Young, he's still sick, and he misses the game. And this line moves to seven and a half or eight. And then we get into playback territory, right, where we open up a positive middle. That's a little bit, that's that's the kind of stuff that you'll get on the advantage. I'll, I'll skip middling on Balls Deep. Let's talk about a few other spots quickly. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are clearly emerging as the sharp side for tomorrow. Uh, Anthony Edwards is questionable. But when you pair a star injury questionable and the other team emerging as the sharp side, let me tell you this. Anthony Edwards is not questionable tomorrow. He's doubtful at best. People these markets react because they kind of know. And when you see this emerge uh, more 63% bets Minnesota, 59% bets, 59% of the money. So again, bigger bets on the Pelican side. I think that's actually surprising. I'm going to check one other sports book. I think there's generally more money in the market on the Pelican side by quite a bit through other sports books. And the line is moving from, I think, the opening number at one all the way out to three. Um, Yeah, three and a half at DraftKings. There's more money in the market on the Pelicans, and the Pelicans are shaping us up as the sharp side. I don't think Ant's going to play. So if you want to bet into that for any way, shape, or form, Do as you will. I'll also say Brooklyn Nets emerging as another sharp side in the market. And when I say sharp side in the market, I mean people who move these markets and who really know their shit and who are betting big bucks and who do this as a living, who don't have dedicated bankrolls where they put a thousand or two thousand dollars into the bankroll at the beginning of the season and matriculate that throughout the season. These are the people who use it to pay for the lights bill, right? These are the people who use their gambling earnings to afford other parts of their lives, the Sharps. So those are the people that we want to trust. And they're on the Brooklyn Nets plus five. So I'm on Denver Nuggets minus 2.5. I am on Miami Heat minus 3.5. I think it's okay to still play it at the four. And I am on Detroit Pistons plus seven. Of course, the Denver and Miami plays are going to be for a full unit. And the Pistons play is going to be for half a unit. Now, I really like my piston spot for all the reasons that I went into, but I've also watched some basketball this season. And if Monty's gonna be starting Killian Hayes and playing uh Livers, Livers way too much, then I feel differently. And we know Jalen Dern's gonna be out for this game. So we're gonna get more Marvin Bagley. Is, is, does that make him a pickup in fantasy to bring this full circle? You guys could be the judge of that. I appreciate you guys for spending some time with me at the beginning of the week. I hope this helped. Check out the schedule. Play into streamings on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, Sa- and Sunday because you probably have a full team on Monday, Saturday. So check your team in advance. Check your matchup for the kind of stats that you might need. Go look at who your po- opponent is. What are the things that you thrive in? What are the things that they're weak in? what are the things that you guys are close in and target the things that you guys are close in. So maybe you guys are both, you know, five and five throughout the first few weeks in steals. Yeah. Go for that. Patrick Williams. If he's available, go for that. Iyo if he's available, go for that Jared Vanderbilt in the Lakers situation. If he's available. Right. So I really like all those angles. Uh, Follow me on X.com at Fiddles Picks. Check out the Fantasy Basketball International Discord channel. And I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. If you guys liked that little gambling portion of the show, come back on Wednesdays because that's pretty much what I'm doing the whole time. And we're going to make some money and win some bets doing it. All right. Thank you, as always, for tuning in with me. And peace out.